everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everyone, this is Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our weekly update podcast. How's it going, James? It's going pretty good, man. How are you? Doing all right. So you want to kick this off and go over any trades you had closing or got into uh, last week? Yeah, so let's see here. Definitely had several opening trades. Um, let's see here. It looks like on the 9th, I sold a call spread on XLV. Man, I don't even remember what some of these things are. I'd like to look these up just so people know. Oh, that's a healthcare. So XLV, that's a healthcare ETF. So I sold a five wide call spread there. And then I sold a put on MJ. Um, that one, since it's such a low priced ETF, I didn't do a spread. I just did a put because uh, typically they don't move that much. Um, so I sold the 17 put there and grabbed 46 bucks. And then I sold a call spread on USO. I believe that is the oil ETF. And then KRE, I believe that's a retail ETF. That one's a little higher priced, but again, they don't move too much. So I just sold a naked put on that one. Uh, the 63 put, I grabbed 101 bucks on that one. And then XOP, I saw the call spread there. I believe that one's also related to like oil. Let me see. Yeah, oil and gas exploration and production ETF. So I sold a call spread there. And then I did have a few closing trades, which I normally don't have outside of the monthlies. Um, <laughs> KWEB, I know we've talked about this one several times. It's that stupid ass China internet ETF. And they have just like fallen off a cliff, dude. Like they just, I don't even know. The RSI is probably like beyond dead. Actually recovered a little bit, I guess. I'm looking at it right now on the daily. But geez, if you look at them, they have just been, they were at like 105. And then once they broke below the 21. What's the ticker? KWEB, it's a China internet ETF, and it has just been ugly as could be, man. Like that was back in when was this? February, they hit 105, and since then, geez, dude, it's been over a 50% dump. So I traded them before, I want to say maybe one or two months and made profit, and then this last month, it just completely blew through my puts. And somebody assigned me. That's why I had to close out. So I think bought back or I sold the shares. I guess it was put. So yeah, they put the shares to me. So I sold the shares and then I sold my long put, which was looks like the 62. So geez, that was like $14 in the money. So it was like super deep in the money. So I think that's why I got assigned there. Um, I think it was just a two wide overall. So it wasn't a big loss or anything, but yeah, that caused a closing trade there. And then SOS was another one. They made that nice rally. They got above the 21. Let me pull them up really quick. 
Yeah, so they made that nice rally and got above the 21, and then it's been like five straight red days, and I saw them starting to approach the 21, I was just like, you know what, I'm at a profit, I don't like what they're doing right now, so I just got out at a small profit, and it looks like they closed just below the 21, so it's not like terrible where they're at right now, but I was kind of hoping they would go down and test that 21 and then have a green day on Friday to bounce off of it, and they didn't. Um, so that's when I kind of, you know, wanted to just get out. So I took a small profit there, and I think that's all I had going on last week. All right, I had I only had one thing closing, and it expired on Friday, anyways. But I got out of it early and saved myself. Uh, I think it was like twenty percent, <clears throat> and that was mo. And when I got into mo, I sold a call spread on them, and I did it at the money because they had been testing that 21 and everything that I was looking at was telling me that they were going to sell off. And of course the next day they just had a massive rally and I thought, okay, I'm going to hold on to it because with the rally that high, it's probably going to sell off the next day. There's going to be some profit taking, you know, stuff like that. And it didn't happen. So I ended up closing it on Thursday, I believe. And because they had been, the IV got kind of jacked up when they started to make a nice little rally. I was able to save, uh, like I said, I think it was like 20% on it. So I didn't go max loss on it, but I did lose. Um, and then that was the only thing I closed. And I got into a few new trades. I don't remember if I had this on last week, but I have a call spread on uh, IBM. That's the 141, uh, 142 call spread. Uh, right now, these guys are, I think both legs are in the money. What are they trading at? Those are trade. Yeah, it's it's like way in the money right now. So I'm going to have to decide. I'm down on it. Um, I think 50% right now. So I'm going to have to decide on Monday because they've been on a massive rally too for, doesn't really make sense why, but uh, the same thing with MO instead of closing out immediately like I should have. After they made a big move, I was thinking, okay, well, they're going to sell back off after, you know, a move like that. And, of course, they didn't. So, you know, I've got a week to figure out what the hell I'm going to do with that one. Um, I also got into, on Friday, I believe I opened this, I got into a uh, put debit spread on uh, the Jets ETF because I had a lot of different airlines were popping up in my scanners as like a bullish trade so i was like eh so just playing one of the uh airlines i'm gonna do the etf so i went long the at the money uh put debit spread on jets um i also went long a few shares of nio I just went it's real small position because you know me and you have been talking about this for a week or two and i was like man i think nio is gonna go test that 36 but then they looked like they were gonna rally so i kept it real small and, you know, if they keep on dying off, I'm going to end up closing this thing out. And I think they'll probably go test that 36 again. Um, the only other thing I got into was I went long shares of IAU because, again, me and you had been talking about uh, how gold had just been gapping down. And it was it really wasn't making sense, like with the inflation talks and all that crap and uh, gold and silver just gapped down every single day. So it looks like they found a bottom. I'm up pretty good on that right now. Um, but hopefully they keep on climbing. I'd like to see, <laughs> I'd like to see gold make a all-time high. 
Yeah, on GLD, that my one, I think 164 is my short put for September, I want to say. And yeah, they bled down to almost 160. And it was so, you know, with those gap downs, and I want to say it was almost oversold or pretty close to it. I was just like, this thing has got to rebound like we were talking, and they've made a nice run since then. Um, so, yeah, definitely hoping gold just uh, continues to cook a bit. I think my August short call on GLD is like 172, so I don't think it's going to be making it there by this Friday. So I should be max profit in August, and then, yeah, as long as gold doesn't have any more stupid gap downs, like I should be okay for September on my puts as well. Um I was looking at MO, man. They have been squeezing on the daily for like, what, 20 days or something? This is insane, man. Like, I'm looking at the daily right now on MO. They've been trading right at that 21 for like weeks. So whenever they make actually break out, man, I would expect this to be a pretty good move. Yeah, and that's the, the stupid thing. I should have sold an Iron Condor and went like wider, uh, more away from the money on it, but instead I... You know, everything was telling me, okay, this thing's, you know, below the, it's going to test this 21. And when did I get into this? It was probably, I believe it was on the uh, 6th where you can see it's, you know, you got these red candles just staying below that 21. And I was like, all right, uh, this thing's going to sell off right now. And, you know, it didn't, and then everything kind of turned green. This thing started hitting my bearish or my bullish scanners after that, and that's you know the point. I should have closed out and saved you know even more money, but being a little hard headed with the stupid moves they were making. Yeah, I think I did the same thing on ticker DOW. We were talking about that. I think it hit the bearish scanner, and then uh, it just rallied after that. And it's like, of course, because I made a directional pick on it and of course it's going to go the opposite direction if mo fires to the upside because it looks like the histogram is already trending in the upward direction with the price above the 21 if this thing fires um to the upside are you thinking of maybe going long on it possibly that and um what was it i think oracle last week i was playing uh, bearishly and then you know they just completely flipped so mo and uh oracle i've been kind of keeping an eye on and you know it completely changed my tune on it gotcha yeah the nio thing i'm i've got some shares there i don't have a ton of capital uh devoted to them but yeah that was just after the earnings which was good earnings they beat revenue they beat earnings per share but apparently that wasn't supporting the 44 45 price so yeah they turned pretty ugly right now it's looking like you're saying like they might go down to retest 36 so i was thinking about exiting that one and waiting for lower prices but i was hearing some of the stuff that came out of their earnings call and it sounded like pretty good stuff, so I'm thinking maybe this is just going to be more of a short-term sell-off, and they're, they still have a pretty good future. Uh, so I think I'm just going to bag hold on this one, because I think I heard that they were getting into other markets, so not just China, but I think they're going to start, if they already haven't, uh, delivering cars to Norway. So it looks like they're trying to branch out a little bit, and I think instead of uh, delivering one vehicle in 2022, I want to say they're going to deliver three new vehicles. So I don't know, kind of 
sounds like they're still going in the right direction, especially with their earnings beat. So I don't know. I think I'm just going to bag hold this one and hopefully they make it back to 45 pretty soon. Yeah, see, with Neo, I would do the same thing. Like, I think that any sell-off right now, even if they test 36, you know, my position is so small it wouldn't, it doesn't really matter. It's not going to do anything. But they're the type of company, like, that's when I started trading them uh, a long time ago was I actually looked into the company, and they got badass cars. Their battery-changing technology is awesome where you don't have to charge your cars. They have these uh, battery swapping stations. You pull your car in, the battery comes out from the bottom, put your new battery in, boom, and you're on your way. Like, it's a really cool company. It's just uh, with them, there's the issue with, you know, them being a Chinese company and, you know, America and China always having dick measuring contests. I I doubt we're ever going to see Neo cars in America. Right. But yeah, that that's like the complete opposite of SOS with me. Like I'm holding SOS and it's one of those trades that I'm just pissed that I got into and I mm. didn't do more research on the company. Like I know trading Chinese companies is inherently more dangerous because they don't have the regulatory standards that, you know, American companies have to rely on. Like Luck and Coffee is a perfect example of that. Uh but SOS, like they aren't saying anything. Their management, you go to their website, there's no news. They haven't reported earnings for first or second quarter. And it's like, dude, if you were the owner of this company, uh, if you had any good news, then I would assume now would be the time to come out and say it. But they're just keeping silent, which makes me really worried about it. And the only thing that I'm staying in this trade is because there are so many people out there that are so bullish on it like and for the most part for no reason like i think only 30 percent of their company is devoted to crypto mining which Mm -hmm. you know the last news i heard on them was good that they had bought uh space in america to start mining because uh, china was cracking down but to be honest with you i don't even know you know how true that is not to sound like an a-hole but you know <laughs> i could put anything on the internet too i you know you know yeah i just i don't i don't like the trade i'm bag holding and i hate myself for doing it but i'm just in the hole so much on it and i in my heart i think they're gonna go you know above what i purchased it for so i'm just holding on to it and it's you know whatever it's one of those stupid trades i'm stuck in yeah, it's kind of annoying when they, like you're saying, they just won't come out and say anything and they won't release any kind of like earnings info or anything. <laughs> you're just like, what is going on here? Like, say something. But yeah, they recently got a price target. I want to say at $7. I don't know if they have multiple targets of $7, but like, I wonder what that was based on that most recent price target. I'm not sure uh, what information that was based on, but yeah, hopefully it's true. Hopefully it gets to seven. Yeah. How could you, well, see, that's the problem is there's so many uh, different outlets that'll tell you so many different stories. Like it got a price target of seven bucks here. And then last week there was a story from uh, God, I don't remember what publication, but they said, you shouldn't touch SOS until it trades for intrinsic value, which right now is about 70 cents a share. And I, and I was just thinking, my God, this thing's going to crush tomorrow. And luckily it didn't. 
But yeah, it's just, you know, picking and choosing which news stories to go by, I guess. Yeah, you know, that kind of reminds me of something uh, kind of off topic here, but or a different ticker. But what happened to Fisker this past week? Oh, God. Screw Morgan <laughs> that was, Stanley. That was ridiculous, man. Like, all right, we're going to give the $90 bull target. And that thing gapped up. That was insane. And then two days later, $600 million convertible notes offering. It's like, what? Oh, my goodness. It felt so bad when everybody piled into that thing, and it just gave all of those gains back. And now it's in, what, the mid to low 14s again? So I'm hanging out with all that dilution. I'm hanging out, and I'm hoping this thing – I mean, even before the dilution, they went down into the nines. Uh, back in May, I want to say. Yeah, that's when they I got in last time and wrote them up. So with the shares being diluted, um, I would not be surprised if they continue to sell off hard and went back into the single digits. But uh, we'll kind of see what happens. But I'm ready. Uh, if they show some kind of a bottom or they do continue to sell off hard, I'm definitely looking to go long. The price is, uh, you know, looking a lot better. Yeah, I'm with you. I'd love to see these guys dip into the nines or something. I, like nine seems to be a decent price for them, you know, so far anyways, before. How many shares are they offering? I know it was, I want to say it was $600 million worth. So, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure what the pricing was on it. But, yeah, that was just crazy. The gap up and then, bam, we're going right back down to where we were at before Morgan Stanley announced their price target. Yeah, that was there seems to be some fishy crap going on with that one. That was ridiculous, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing they knew about that offering was coming out, but yeah, that was pretty nuts. Um, <laughs> did you want to talk about the uh topic for this week? Yeah, I wanted to go over because we're getting a lot of comments on the uh on our YouTube technical analysis videos where, you know, basically I think you and I trade similarly where we're technical traders. We're looking for patterns in the charts. We're looking for uh, certain price levels that are acting like support or resistance. And we're getting a lot of comments on the videos that, you know, people kind of getting mad at us saying, well, you're not even talking about uh, their PE ratio and they don't have any debt and this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, okay, man, we're technical traders. It's technical analysis, not fundamental analysis. So, I just wanted to kind of go over the differences in uh, technical analysis and fundamental analysis. And I don't do fundamental analysis. I do, when I put on a trade, I at most do a cursory glance of the news if there's any like big stories out on the things. But I could never do fundamental analysis. I would blow my freaking brains out because with fundamental analysis, you are running through numbers all day long just looking at things like uh earnings expenses assets liabilities uh down to the management team of you know whatever ticker what jobs they had before if they did good at that job why they came to this company like it's all the like numbers of a certain ticker and what you're trying to do is basically figure out what the value what the intrinsic value of that company is to find out if it's priced right, if it's, you know, below that number that you come up with, then, you know, you'd go long because you anticipate, you know, it's going to go up and 
you know, like I said, I could never do that. I, hats off to anyone that does. But I think, honestly, I think they have the best shot at, at making good trades because, you know, numbers don't lie at the end of the day. Like, we're just hoping that things kind of bounce off of certain levels that they have before. But, again, you know, numbers don't lie. If a company looks like trash, you know, their books look like trash, and you can tell that they're, you know, just blowing smoke at everyone, then as a fundamental trader, you'd, you know, be bearish on them or, you know, try and short the thing or whatever. But, yeah, like I like I said, I, I can't do it. Yeah, I've never really... I think entered a trade honestly on the fundamentals like that um i know before we were talking a little bit about like pe ratio peg ratio and i want to say pb ratio so there are like a lot of things you can kind of look at or you can use scanners to do a much shallower dive into whether a company or a ticker might be undervalued or not but um yeah i wouldn't even I don't even know enough about looking at the full financials like that to uh, do fundamental analysis on a company. Um, so, yeah, like you're saying, a lot of the time I'm just really looking for trend lines, support and resistance levels, like really price action um, in a stock before I enter some type of a directional trade. Um, or even if I put on some type of options trade, maybe I'm going to do some technical analysis and see that, hey, it's in an uptrend, so I think it's going to go higher. I'm going to sell a put spread or something and still make it like a high probability trade, but still kind of trade it with an assumption that the price is going to go up or down. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely something I'm typically doing as well is really just technical analysis. I'm looking at price action, uh, things like that. I'm not really digging into... The financials of the company and i know some people have commented on the video saying hey it would be cool to talk about you know this that or the other but then other people yeah i don't understand if did they not watch the video like i'm not really sure but they're like so like one of the videos there was a comment like why did you even make the video with doing no analysis at all and it's like well i was like talking about the rsi I was talking about the candlesticks and I was talking about the TTM squeeze histogram and, you know, whether the price was squeezing or not. I felt like I did a good amount of technical analysis, but I don't know, maybe they thought I was, you know, trying to do fundamental analysis on the stock. Yeah, I think there's a, a bit of a disconnect with a lot of the, you know, newer traders and they don't really know what the, the term technical analysis is. And they're, and I mean, to be honest, like a, a hybrid type of trade would probably be the best. And, you know, doing technical analysis, looking at the charts, and then also looking into, you know, like SOS. I never would have got into that trade if I would have did like just a little bit of a deep dive on that company. But uh, so like a hybrid of it and, you know, looking a little deeper into the news. But that's, you know, for the most part, that's not the way we trade. That's not the videos that we do and you know i had commented on one of the videos as well when someone said the same thing on one of the ones that i put up and i was like yeah that's a good point uh you know i could do more like dive a little bit more into it and you know we may in the future but it's just something that 
you know, I know neither, uh, neither either of us do is, you know, kind of dig into the fundamentals of the company. Cause to be honest with you, I don't give a crap. I'm looking at charts all day long. That's what interests me. That's what, you know, the way I place my trades. So, I mean, for the viewers, we might, you know, do a little deeper dive and look into stuff, but I think a lot of it's, uh, a lot of it's a lot of smoke. Like when I go on to stock twits or weevil to try and look at tickers that, are kind of trending to make videos on it's a lot of people that are just on you know team xyz they don't give a crap they don't know anything about like it is it's bad. <laughs> it's bad man it's like wall street bets like no one they're just like oh i bet you this thing goes up to you know eight hundred dollars tomorrow it's like a penny stock trading for two bucks and there's like 50 people that are like yeah man i heard that you know, the owner's going to come out and do this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, oh, God, dude, just just be realistic, please. Yeah, like a recent example, uh, which we've talked a ton about <laughs> recently, and we got bashed a lot on the YouTube channel as Clover, and it's like the earnings whisper was they were going to miss. They were expected to miss, and they missed massively. But for some reason on Thursday, people bought it. And it went up a decent amount. I want to say at one point they were up like 10% and then it sold right back off. And yeah, I just, I think there's a lot of people out there that are definitely looking for, you know, the next massive short squeeze. And like, if you can get one of those, that's great. I'm not definitely not saying you can't make money on a short squeeze like that. We saw what happened with GameStop. And if you played that correctly, you could have made a ton of money. Um, but then to go out and try to do that on Clover and all these other different things that have massive short interest, you know, you might be waiting around a while. You might have some of those companies, uh, tank pretty hard or go bankrupt. And, uh, I remember there was a comment, I think today on the YouTube channel and somebody was asking me if I would go long, uh, Lordstown motors ride. And I didn't know, honestly, I haven't been looking at them. I don't know anything about them. I pulled up their chart, and it was ugly as could be. And as soon as I went to the stories, I saw they're on the brink of bankruptcy and, like, not being able to move forward. And I was just like, you can do that. I wouldn't do that. But just, you know, put a small amount of capital into that. Or if you are going to put a large amount of capital into it, just be ready to lose that money. Because chances are, if they're out there saying we're going down, like they're, they're going to go down. So you could make a ton of money if somehow a miracle happens and they don't go bankrupt. But that would definitely be, you know, uh, something that would be more based on, you know, fundamentals and guidance from the company versus, you know, looking at the chart and being like, oh, yeah, right. is like super oversold, man. This is a good cheap price. I'm going to get in and go long here. Yeah, I, to be honest with you, Wall Street bets guys are more realistic in what they think is going to happen than stock twits and Weeble from what I've seen. And those are like the two uh, main things that I go on to check out what's kind of trending. And the Wall Street bet dudes, they'll tell you like they're not there is a Wall Street or an uh, in investing and swing trading uh I don't even know what they're called on Reddit channels or pages, whatever the hell they are. Oh, subreddits, I think. Uh, but Wall Street bets guys just straight up tell you, I'm putting all of my capital, I'm gambling all of this right now on, you know, Tesla uh, earnings. 
So at least they're realistic and they know that what they're doing is a gamble and they're just hoping it pays off. And sometimes it does. Most of the time it doesn't. But, you know, like you said, it could be a, you know, it's a gamble and it could pay off well if, you know, all of a sudden people start jumping into Lordstown thinking that, oh, my God, this thing's been riding the RSI oversold for uh, almost a month now. It's super cheap. I'm going to get in. Then, you know, it might pump up back to 30 bucks. Who knows? But just know if you're doing stuff like that, that you are gambling, like you're not taking any sort of high probability trade at all. You're just hoping for some, you know, high risk, high reward game. But, you know, you could lose everything. Yeah, you might be able to make some type of a technical trading gain in a situation like that. Like you're saying, let's just say enough people maybe on Reddit was like, wow, look how cheap a ride is. You know, let's squeeze it. It's probably got, I don't even know, it was on the list of top short interest stocks, no surprise. You know, they're heading to bankruptcy. So, like, if it was me, I might sell a call spread on it, probably. I don't know about buying a put, but probably going to have to pay a lot for that put based on what I was seeing on the options chain. But, um, yeah, you might be able to, like, catch a little wave there if a bunch of people pile in and actually make some money on a technical trade but definitely for a long term it doesn't sound like a long-term hold to me but if a little bit of a squeeze happened yeah you might be able to ride that up but definitely be ready to take profits and get out before it goes to zero yeah and that's another thing that irritates me about these type of traders is if they get into like a gamestop and amc uh clover and they get some money out of one of these big squeezes, then they're just all of a sudden long-term investors in these companies that were absolute trash. And then they're just trying to, you know, in their minds throw out, well, this is the reason why this is such a great company. And this is the reason why. And it's like, dude, these big institutions didn't short the hell out of these things because they're great companies. So, you know, just maybe you'll make money again, but I guarantee it gets shorted the hell again. And good luck. I mean, I don't care if you make a, if whatever, if you make a bunch of money off of these short squeezes, cool, but it's dangerous as hell. You might be just sitting in this crap company that's been shorted and going to continue to get shorted and just pray for a squeeze that never happens. But that's not me. I'm going for more high probability trades and trying to make steady gains. I'm not trying to hit a home run every single time. Yeah, that's the same thing for me. Like, I want to, like, slowly grow my account over time. I don't want to sit there and hold the bag for a month, six months, a year, waiting for something to go to the moon. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I just don't see, I don't know, I just don't have any interest in that. You know, some people can do it and make money. That's, you know, great for them. Uh, You know, I've been in situations on not things, um, like that but you know tickers like space and stuff that are super volatile and all over the place and i've definitely you know made some profits on some crazy squeezes on them but to just you know sit there and not really know or have any real thoughts on where the stock is going to go or even if it's like a good long-term investment i don't know that just doesn't interest me at all yeah, and I mean, I get it. I've been to the casinos before. Like, I get the rush you get when you get a big win. Um, that's a loud-ass car. <laughs> but, yeah, so I get the, like, adrenaline rush, and 
I've said it before, the account that I trade on for the YouTube and for, you know, all of uh, the podcast and everything, the account that I use this for is kind of my my fun money. So I'll make a little more riskier trades sometimes because if this thing blows up, then, you know, it's, you know, it would suck because I'm super frugal, but I'm not, you know, it's not going to kill me. I have my investment account for retirement. This is just kind of my small fun account. But, you know, at the same time, I just I don't have that mentality that I'm going to go throw 100 percent of my capital into, you know, Clover or ride and just hope that this thing, you know, goes to the moon and I make a million bucks. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, I'm all about the high probability trying to get more steady gains over time as well. Because, yeah, I don't know. I had my days where I gambled and it was just up and down. And, yeah, it wasn't a lot of fun. I'm looking more of the smaller gains over time to kind of build up the account. All right, man. Did you have anything uh, that you were looking at getting into next week? Yeah, I think I lied on the last podcast and said I was going to get into EWT and EWY. Uh, this past oh, week fake and, news uh, james huh <laughs> and i don't know what happened i actually got called out for fake news on one of my youtube videos um <laughs> so yeah i'm pretty sure last week i said i was going to get into ewt which is the taiwan <laughs> etf and i see i did not get into a trade on that for september so i might get into that i've actually only got two days left for my september contract so i want to say ewt Maybe I can do a put on that or something. And then EWY, I didn't get into that one either. And that one is the South Korea ETF. So maybe I'll try to go on the call side on that one. Um, And then, yeah, I'm going to be going through all my tickers again and shift to October. So once I get Monday and Tuesday out of the way, I will probably start looking at things like ARKK, uh, ARKG, and DIA. Nice. Well, at least your fake news, you know, you just didn't get into a trade and you're going to get into it later. But the one of the tickers I called out last week was MOS. And I stupid, I called it out on, you know, I'd been looking at it, but I didn't put a trade on. And then after I called it out, uh, they ran up like 11%, I believe. And I was talking about going long. So, you know, that's always fun to leave yourself out of great trades. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta stick with the instinct, I guess. Um, all right. Let me I've got my notes up here. Uh I have shop is looking like a good short entry. Mm-hmm. Um and one thing that hit my uh the bullish scanner that I've started using was Pepsi and Coke. And I was thinking about putting a trade on. But then I thought, you know, the smarter trade would be to put a trade on uh, like a bullish trade on XLP, which is consumer staples and XLP. I believe Coke and Pepsi are over 20 percent of the weight of the of that ETF. So I might do a bullish play on them. And another one, this one, you might think I'm crazy, but uh, pull up SoFi. Oh, I've seen that's been a hot uh, stock. I think people have been talking about, but I don't know if I've looked at the chart. Oh, they gapped down. Was that earnings? Yep. Yeah. But look at that level there right now. 
that is like a super long that thing's been bouncing off of that like 15 level since what the hell is this january when they broke through that i mean yeah that's like uh yeah for sure so i'm gonna keep my eye on this and if they make a a move up i'll definitely go long but if they break below this oh god i look out below i i'm seeing maybe 12 if they're lucky Mm -hmm. yeah that's interesting like you're saying if they do start to make a move up that could be you know pretty good long and then yeah if they keep selling off geez maybe wait until they get down to around 12 and then get in at that price yeah and this is one that i i'm not really you know if they start pumping then i might go long but Mm -hmm. i'm not really thinking that they will Mm-hmm. because just like my um my trade i have on xl they had earnings and did the same thing just had a fat gap down mm-hmm. and, but they did break the what was support level whereas uh, sofi didn't but there's just this huge volume in that gap down so normally like in the video i did on xl uh, after earnings normally people say okay gaps get filled you know at some point a gap's going to get filled, but when there's a massive amount of volume behind it, it, you know, good luck filling that thing anytime soon. So I don't know. I, I have a feeling SoFi is going, you know, it's going to go down to like 12 bucks, but mm-hmm. if this thing starts ripping up after that huge gap down, then I'll definitely be looking at it to go long. Gotcha. And uh, those are, the only tickers I am looking at right now. Gotcha. So, yeah, was this uh, SoFi? I mean, what happened back in January? Was that like Reddit or like what is that mess? There's no earnings. Like what's going on there? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I want to say I saw it trending somewhere. And yeah, I'm just wondering what that I mean, that one candle on the January 7th. Like what in the hell is that? That could only be. A Reddit candle, right? <laughs> those kind of, those kind of so we, should, we should start calling them that. Look at oh, this Reddit, Reddit candle. <laughs> so how to read candlestick patterns. Yeah, and this is what we call a Reddit candle. <laughs> I like it. Jeez, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. All right, man, that's all I got. I don't have any uh, website news or anything. Although I do, there I've seen a lot of uh, traffic over to the new indicator and everything. And please, if you are downloading it, uh, watch the video. I, I uh, embedded it on the page as well. It's on our YouTube channel. But it kind of goes over what the indicator is, how uh, it works, how I trade it, and uh, also how to adjust it the way that I have it set up because... Um, I couldn't figure out the code and you know if you're listening to this and i actually figure it out it shows up as a um a line graph instead of the bar graph like i have it set up so in that video i show you how to uh, turn it into a bar graph which to me makes way more sense and it's way easier to read so uh yeah anyone downloading that make sure you watch that video i believe i have the timestamp in it uh, so you can quickly find where it shows you how to adjust it and that's all i had Cool, man. I don't think I had anything else. All right. I guess we'll catch you later, man. All right, man. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the WS Trades podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. Also head over to YouTube and search for WS Trades. You'll find us there as well. We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos so you can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also please head over to wstrades.com. Thanks again.